It's the Morning Marketing Machine, here to grow your e-commerce business with proven marketing strategies and tactics, so you can run your business with machine-like precision. My name is Douglas Levin, let's dive in. All right, so welcome everybody to Morning Marketing Machine, and I'm, I'm beyond excited today because one of my favorite people is here. So uh, anytime I have any questions, like he's one of the people that I, I respect the most, um, especially when it comes to like the Amazon space. Um, so I'll get, for people that don't know, uh, Leron Hirschhorn, uh, he's been uh, marketing online for about 12 years. Um, he start, he was doing the internet, internet life insurance agency. And in 2014, he started to get involved in e-commerce, uh, sold on Amazon. Um, he's started several uh, e-commerce brands. I sold millions of dollars. Um, he, he's pretty much like one of the, the main people you want to know in terms of Amazon. Uh, and now he's all, uh, if you want to deal with like Amazon PPC or anything at all in terms of private label. And uh, he's also right now the CEO of Incrementum Digital, uh, which is an a Amazon advertising agency. So so thank you so much for on for being on today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, be here. Yeah, yeah. So um, just, I guess for, for some of the people I don't know um, in terms of like kind of like how you got started, uh, I don't want to obviously take too much time because I assume a lot of people do know, but you can kind of tell a little bit in terms of like how you got going in, in this to kind of where, where you're at today. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, uh, I had an online business before I got started in e-commerce. Um, in 2010, I kind of took my internet marketing skills, which was like a hobby I did on the side to try to make extra money, you know, online while I was in banking and finance. And I married those skills with, um, what I did, which was, uh, was a, a life insurance agent. And so I started a website and I started writing articles and getting traffic and basically moved from working for mass mutual as an agent to, you know, uh, driving my own leads, um, having, um, contracts directly with the insurance agencies through, through, uh, another agency and selling life insurance online. Um, so I was always interested in, you know, working, I was working from home, making money online. Um, and in 2014, I saw, uh, I saw a course, an ad for a course on Facebook, um, and uh, it was called Dropship Lifestyle. Um, and the guy actually still teaches that course today and has like 10,000 students um, and basically taught you to, um, you know, reach out to um, U.S.-based companies and see if they would dropship their products for you, um, find, you know, four or five different brands within the same niche, create a website. Um, and do drop shipping. And that's what I did. So it wasn't complicated, like, you know, shipping from China, etc. It was, you know, US based. Um, and I did that in the fourth quarter of 2014. And through that, I learned about e commerce. And I learned that this thing, Amazon FBA existed. Um, and that there was a thing called arbitrage. And that's how I got started with Amazon. And that led to arbitrage to wholesale to private label. And in 2015, as I started to see the opportunity of you know, replacing my income through Amazon, um, I ended up selling, um, I initially outsourced my insurance agency to a friend who did the same thing, who kind of mentored me when I started. I actually met him at um, insurance forums, insurance-forums.net, like this guy who kind of um, helped mentor me in the beginning. Um, I actually sold him the websites. Um, initially, initially, I, I uh, actually outsourced all my leads to him and we split the commissions on those clients 50-50. So I still had money coming in from the insurance side while I built up the, uh, the Amazon side. Um, and then I sold them the websites kind of went all in onto, you know, Amazon and, you know, uh, e-commerce. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, um, I ended up, I think first coming across from you, I know you, obviously you're out there all the time, obviously with the, the virus, it's obviously a little different now, but, um, since then, obviously like with private label being a, a main part of your focus, I, I remember I saw you, I want to say it was like Rocky mountain, conference or like the reselling conference like years ago um you and, and andy were speaking i think at the time and yep. that was the first time i think i saw you guys and uh yeah I mean, like i remember even then it, i was like blown away by some of the stuff that you guys were saying i think i, I went ahead you guys have a course uh, I, I think it's still out there like like I, I that's when i first got introduced to you i'm like that stuff just kind of blew me away i remember and like even that was a while ago um, yeah, I think that was 2017. Yeah. Um, and I think that was maybe one of the first times I did speak like, you know, at an event or, mm -hmm. you know, publicly anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Awesome. So, so I know, um, a lot of what you've been focused on lately, like it, it's some of the stuff that I always pay attention to with you is 
outside of like the Amazon part is, is like the mindset pieces, which is something I know I, I've really been loving a lot in terms of when you talk about like the different books, um, uh, how you kind of have leveled up your mindset a little bit. So I guess, um, uh, some, that's obviously some of the stuff that I'm really interested in as well. So like, I, I guess, um, first thing would be like, like, like what are some of the um, books that you're currently reading like that had a, had a big impact lately on you? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think there's, there's been, um, a, a, so a book I read, you know, maybe, I, I guess in, in a, in a, um, there's some books that have affected me differently, some on mindset and some just like understanding, um, you know, what, um, what it takes to be successful. Um, a book I read maybe now a year and a half or two years ago, The Slight Edge, um, I thought was really good. Um, and uh, basically it, it's simple and it's like, makes sense that you would intuitively that you should know this, but the, the basics of the book was like, The Slight Edge in life is basically doing small habits that you do every day and that you do continuously. Um, and, you know, I guess the, the eye opening part was that to achieve success, it's not this like one big thing that you do, right? It's the small steps that you take every day that compound over time. And I think that was part of the, you know, realization, um, you know, for me in reading that book, um, you know, since I've read other books, um, I, I've been uh, sort of uh, following and in, um, I've become a little bit friendly with and interacting a lot with Jesse Itzler, um, his book. Um, I read his book this year, Living with the Monks. A lot of really good concepts there. It's kind of like a fun read, has some humor in it, uh, but also a lot of um, lessons about how he went to live for 15 days with uh, monks in like upstate New York uh, and kind of like disconnected off the grid completely and kind of like the lessons he learned there. Um, I'm trying to think of other books. Um, um, I just finished reading um, Man's Search for Meaning, uh, Viktor Frankl, um, which, you know, was really um, impactful in terms of the, the whole concept of the book is that you can really find meaning in anything and that your, um, your emotions, how you feel, like everything that you do is kind of like, not necessarily what happens to it, but the meaning that you give something that happens to you. Um, you know, along the same lines, um, Tony Robbins kind of talks about the same thing. It's that you're, um, whatever you focus on is, is what you give energy to is kind of what, um, what builds up and it's like the meaning that you give something is, will determine your emotions and will determine how you behave. Uh, so, you know, something negative can happen. There's an opportunity to stop and not be reactive and pause and say, what's the meaning in this? How can this obstacle make me better? And like stepping back, not being reactive. Um, uh, uh, I've actually taken um, in the last month, um, some Kabbalah classes, which is like Jewish uh, mysticism, but can kind of appeal to anyone. And um, so I've taken three classes out of this like 13 week um, course. And the first class is all about like, you know, being reactive versus something happening to you and pausing and saying, you know, what a pleasure. Like this is an opportunity to, um, you know, this is an opportunity to not be reactive. Um, and just doing that, you know, I think is, is really helpful. So, you know, I think it's a little tidbits. Um, I, I first went to Tony Robbins. My first event was in 2009. And then last year, um, I went again to UPW. But then in December, um, I went to Date with Destiny, which was a six-day event. And you're really, like, working on yourself for six days every day from about 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. It's very intense. And one night, um, you're kind of staying up pretty much all night writing out this poster with all your, your values. And obviously they give you instructions, et cetera, your values and uh, your rules for life and, and uh, your goals, your one year goals, et cetera. And um, that was really kind of life changing for me. And like what I expected to get out of it is not necessarily what I thought I would get out of it kind of a thing, but um, it made a major impact on me. So I think it's, I, I wouldn't say like there's, sort of, for me, one book, you know, one thing, I think it's just sort of a cumulative effect of like, you know, following certain people um, as like mentors who, you know, also are really inspirational and positive and have a good mindset and help you kind of think about something differently, as well as a book, an event, a course, like all these things cumulative together. And you kind of end up hearing 
a lot of similar um, similar concepts. Um, I'll end off with you know a, a great course that I took um, in January of this year um, was a course called Build Your Life Resume, uh, which is from from Jesse Itzer and has has a lot of great concepts. Um, you know, just to, uh, he the way he sort of articulates things makes it very easy to like turn the light bulb in your head. You know, so a lot of people will tell you be present, but he doesn't say be present. He says, be where your feet are. Right. And it kind of makes you think about, you know, the next time you're out playing with your kid or next time you're at dinner, like, are you there or is your head somewhere else worrying about a problem or an issue or something you're dealing with at at the moment? And like concepts like that um, for me have helped me sort of like be like, okay, let me be where my feet are and just be here. And if I'm worried about something, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll deal with that when I can actually do something about it and think about it as opposed to like here and now. So, um, you know, a lot of these, um, concepts, you know, you hear, and if you're, you know, if you stay connected to some of this stuff and you listen over and over again, um, I think it starts to kind of translate into, um, you know, positive impact in your life. Yeah. And, and what you're saying, like, kind of like at the end of that, in terms of like, like the idea of, with that you went with Jesse Eisler where, where like really be where you are. Like, I know that's something that a lot of business owners and people in general have a hard time doing. I know it's something I struggle with a lot is mm-hmm. in terms of like, there's a whole work life balance part of it where you're like, all right, I'm here. I should be all in on this. But, um, so, so what do you do in terms of like, what is like, a, what's a good work life balance to you? And like, how do you um, work as much as you can to basically be there when you're there in terms of whatever yeah. it is you're focusing on? Yeah. So, I mean, um, I, I struggle with this just as much as, you know, probably any, anybody else. Um, but I also try to be, you know, intentional about it. Um, so there's a few things, um, that I do now, uh, one, once a week, um, for 25 hours, usually on, on the weekend, um, I just disconnect completely. So no phones, no TV, no laptop, no emails, no, no nothing, no Slack, nothing. I disconnect completely. Um, and that's been like, um, you know, really, really helpful. Um, I kind of made it a hard rule because, you know, it was easier for me to make it a hard rule and be more disciplined about it than like, you know, like I'll have my phone with me, but I won't check it. And I just put my phone away. Um, and like, making it sort of a harder sort of like rule. Like I put my phone in another room. I don't touch anything, um, has made it easier to actually do it. So during that time, you know, it's, uh, you know, focused on family time. It's focused on reading. It's focused on myself, meditation, things like that. Um, and that's been really, really good for, for balance. Um, you know, uh, generally on, on Sundays, uh, I might do some work, but, you know, trying to also spend uh, more sort of family time and, you know, be, be balanced. Um, but you know, there are certain times where I'll remember these concepts. So I'll be at dinner with my phone and I'll remember like be where your feet are and I might put my phone away. It doesn't mean, you know, that I'm perfect every time there's still, you know, plenty of times where I'm at, I'm sitting at dinner and I'm in the middle of something, you know, and I'll have my phone with me and, you know, I need to respond to something or whatever, or I feel like I need to respond to something, um, you know, and, um, and uh, I won't be as present as I'd like to, but these concepts are, or these, you know, I feel like once I heard some of these concepts, they're like in my head and I'll, I'll notice more and I'll be aware more. And that, you know, that makes, uh, you know, a difference. Um, You know, another one of the concepts Jesse talks about is, called remember tomorrow and basically when you're making a decision you know think about how you're going to feel about it tomorrow um ray dalio talks about the same concept except he calls it first order consequences and second order consequences right like Mm -hmm. the immediate effect and you know that's been helpful in terms of like diet you know and exercise like how will i feel about this decision tomorrow if i go exercise now how will i feel about that if i don't exercise now how will i feel about that if i eat this how will i feel about it if i don't eat this how will i feel about it Um, And again, you know, I think there's, I think you need balance there because I think it's like, okay to allow yourself, you know, to, uh, I I think as long as you have an awareness, right. I think it's like when you're doing things out of an awareness, like if I'm eating ice cream, I'm very aware that I'm eating ice cream and it's not something I'm doing at every meal or every day or every night. I'm not going to it for like an emotional 
reason. I'm like, hey, it's Sunday afternoon. It's a sunny day. I'm going to have some ice cream. But like, I'm aware, right? So I think it's like the, I think the awareness around what you're doing is more important than what you're doing. You know, like, it's not that I don't allow myself to have the ice cream. It's that if I do allow myself to have the ice cream, I recognize that, you know, this is like not something I'm doing every day. Uh, I am also allowed to live, enjoy my life a little bit. I'm not going to die. And, you know, uh, the next meal is going to be clean and, you know, I'm going to exercise too. Um, So I think it's, I I think some of these concepts are like in my head and allow me to um, be, you know, a little bit more, more balanced. I think it's super difficult in today's world. You know, we're all, we're all distracted and um, all the systems all the things out there are designed to keep us distracted. You know, social media um, very much is like the whole thing is designed to keep you addicted to it, you know, Um, and you really have to fight. I've done some things on my phone, you know, where I've moved some apps to the second screen. Um, I've toggled around the apps that I have and put them in different order because we're so used to just going to, you know, going like, clicking on messenger or clicking on Facebook or Instagram or, or these apps. And so sometimes I just shift them around. So it's not, so I have to think about it a little bit more to find, to find the app. Um, so I think there's things you could do. I think you need, you need to put those things in place to kind of fight off the, you know, the fighting off the systems that are designed to keep you, you know, distracted because, you know, the, um, Apple and and Facebook and you know and Amazon and you know um, and Google these you know they have the smartest engineers in the world that are working on keeping you hooked um, and you know if you want to accomplish things and you have goals then you need to put some things in place to uh, you know to fight it yeah and, and that's gets back to the idea I know. I think uh, you you know Brian Bowman as well, and I, I think he's yep. he's one of the people that told me what he does in terms of trying to combat like th- those kinds of things that come up is is he'll do something similar, and it's something I've tried to do like like because you can make your smartphone basically a dumb phone, um, mm. so there's nothing on there, or you can turn it off. Um, I think Deep Work is one of the ones where they talk about the idea of actually like like put, getting rid of all distractions. Like if you're working, you're working, and that's what really happens with social media in general. Is that like or if you're supposed to be working on something, but you're like, well, I've got all these other things that I could, could be thinking of. You're not giving the time to whatever the project is. So, so yeah, it, that's def- definitely something I'm looking at as well in terms of like, what can I do? Remove all distractions um, to, to really get it done. And, and yeah. that that's kind of gets into the idea of, of like, all right. So if you're, if you're trying to, to be productive in a day, like what, what steps do you usually take like during the day so you can get the most out of your day? Yeah. Um, and you know, I would say also, um, experiment. I do this from time to time, not, not as much as I should, but, um, experiment with, um, like if you have an iPhone, I, you probably do this on, on any other phone too, but experiment with going to your settings and you can actually put your phone in grayscale uh, mode. So it's like black and white and it really, it doesn't look fun to go hit any apps or anything, you know, like everything is so colorful and bright and, you know, um, so experiment with that. Um, as far as what I do, um, for my day, um, you know, some some tips are number one. I think it's good to look at the day ahead the night before. Um, you know, so um, trying to see okay, what's on my calendar for the next day, and what are some of the things that I want to accomplish. And I think you want to take that to do list that you might have that has you know fifty items on it or thirty items or you know. And I, I use apps like I use things to kind of brain dump and put things that I that I want to do. But, you know, I think it's taking like I'll I have a whiteboard here and I'll write on the whiteboard, you know, one to four things that I want to accomplish that day. And I feel like that's, you know, a lot easier to tackle. And at the end of the day, look, okay, I accomplished two of these things. I accomplished, you know, three, I accomplished one, like, and I can look back at the day and say, okay, you know, I, instead of taking that huge crazy list, just focus on a few key things that you want to say, if I accomplish this today, then I know it's been a good day. Um, and you know, part of that concept also, um, is a concept called no zero days. 
And the concept, um, I actually, um, I did a podcast, uh, my own podcast about, about this concept, one of the first episodes about this idea of no zero days. And you can go to, um, you can go to Google, to Reddit and search for this. There's like a post that's like a big post from like six years ago about, about a guy who's responding to somebody else who gives him this concept. And the concept of no zero days is like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you don't want to have a zero on the scoreboard. Like, did you do one thing? Did you exercise? You know, okay, you put that up as a one. Maybe you didn't accomplish anything in your work life, but you accomplished something in your health or your family. Did you spend time with your family? Did you do at least one thing? I think that's helpful to kind of, you know, take some of the pressure off. But I think in terms of like accomplishing things, um, you know, like today, for example, um, you know, um, I actually need to uh, possibly hire someone and I'm talking to a few people. And like, that's a big thing, you know, on my mind today and like something I want to accomplish in terms of having some conversations and getting closer to, you know, being able to, um, to do that. Right. And that will be a big step in kind of moving my business forward. Um, an important step. Um, so I try to think of, you know, a few things, one, one to four things that I want to accomplish and write those down, um, and then kind of tackle, tackle that. Um, and again, kind of depends on, on the day. Sometimes I already have, you know, five, six things on the calendar. And I know like those are the things I need to do today. And sometimes I have more time and, um, you know, I look to, uh, I look to accomplish more things that I, that I need to do. Um, I, I think the other, the other thing that I'm getting, uh, that I'm, that I'm working on now is planning out the month in advance, the six months in advance, the year in advance of the things that I want to accomplish and the things I want to do and actually put stuff on the calendar ahead of time so that, you know, my calendar doesn't get filled up with stuff that comes along the way. And it's like, if I already have things that are important that I want to do that are on the calendar, then when I get that, you know, request for something, um, and maybe it's not that important, I might say, hey, my calendar's already booked, but I'm filling up the calendar first with the things that are, you know, important to me. So that's something I'm, um, I'm working on now. I'll actually show you um, here. I'll bring this one second. So this is um, this is a, a program that I'm in, um, and it's called the Big Ass Calendar Club. Um, and actually, um, what I'm working on this week is actually, um, you know, filling out. This is like all the things I want to do. You, you first do a brain dump of like all the things I want to do every day, um, kind of like goals and and you know things I want to do with my family, or whatever. And then you work backwards to put those things on the calendar. So that's something I'm working on now. I've never been I've never been like super structured, um, you know, in my life in general. Um, but I kind of realize I need some, some structure and some more structure to, you know, accomplish more things. Did, did you uh, ever read the book, the 12 week year? Um, no, I've heard of the book, but yeah, you're, you're essentially trying to accomplish in 12 weeks, right? What you would think. Yeah, of it, year. It, it's it's kind of similar in terms of the idea of, of, of working backwards and figuring out what, like, what are the most important things that you want to get done? Like they're, they're obviously looking at it from being very detail oriented to, to get it done in three months, but mm -hmm. it's essentially the same kind of idea. Uh, and, and it's, I know something like the idea of a roadmap in general is, is sound like something similar to what you're trying to do. Like, uh, and this gets back to the idea. Have you read the one thing, the one thing from Gary yeah. as well, where he said, yeah. like, what's the biggest thing you're going to do? Like, that's mm -hmm. kind of what sounds a little, what you're trying to do as well. Like, like, like focus on those big, like, like, like those can't remember the words, but, but the most important thing that's going to make, like move the needle forward for your, for you yeah. in life going forward. Right. Yeah. Th there's a quote I heard this year. Um, that is, um, the most important thing is to keep the most important thing, the most important thing, <laughs> right? Like you have, if you have a, you know, a goal, um, you know, the most important thing is to keep that front and center, um, you know, as, as the more, most important thing. And, you know, I think sometimes people get tripped up by the one thing sort of concept. The one thing doesn't mean you're only, you know, working on one thing. Um, you know, I think we have different buckets of our life that we want to focus on, you know, health, relationships, um, you know, business, career, uh, and then maybe another bucket with like, other things charity and or you know things that are important to you that you want to do volunteer whatever so things that things that are that are important to you um travel whatever it is um and i think you want to focus like on you know okay what's the one thing you know this month or 
uh, or today um, or this week that um, you know that I'm going to do. And I, I don't think I don't think we can be balanced every day. You know, I think there are some days where you're going to you know where you're going to work and you you might work till you know 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night or and there are some days where you could say hey you know six o'clock i'm done five o'clock i'm done i'm disconnecting i'm going to spend time with family and there's going to be some days where you know it's a weekend or, or whatever you take a day off and you just spend all that time so i don't think you need to be balanced every single day but i think when you look at your week when you look at your month you want to um, you want to, you know, think about, yeah, how can I bring balance to this week to, you know, focus on, focus on all the, all the areas. Um, you know, there, there are studies that are done, um, around, um, you know, billionaires and who are older in their life and asking them about the biggest thing they regret. And, um, the biggest thing they regret is like not spending time with their family, their relationships, like those kind of things. Um, you know, I think you can, you know, if you think about people's, um, funerals, um, they never talk about what the, per what the person achieved so much, right? Like, or how much money the person made in their life. It's like, what did the person give, right? How helpful they were to other people. The, the people will tell stories, right? Of like a friend or like, okay, you know, this person, like, I called them in the middle of the night when I needed them with a flat tire and they came to help me. Like this was the kind of person, um, because I think deep down, we know that the purpose of our life is to, you know, give and serve others. And like, that's, you know, um, ultimately a lot of the purpose of, uh, I think why, why we're here. Um, and so if you think about that and that's a, something that's like for me on my mind, then I don't want to go through life just, you know, just trying to accomplish goals without thinking of, okay, you know, uh, what are they going to say at the eulogy uh, about the kind of person that you are? Um, I haven't done this, but, um, you know, uh, the idea of sort of like writing out your eulogy, I think it help you bring that into uh, into now. I haven't gone there yet. <laughs> it's not an easy subject, you know, to go to. Go to. Um, but, you know, these are kind of the things that are that are on my mind, um, you know, as I think about like what I want to do and, you know, accomplish in, in this world. And, um, you know, part of the reason why I enjoy putting out content and also talking about this kind of mindset stuff is, is, you know, I think it can have a big impact, um, on other, on other people. And, you know, I get a lot of, uh, sort of joy by being able to, you know, to, you know, if I can impact one person's life, then, you know, then, that's really meaningful. Yeah, and, and and I know it's it's something I think all business owners have like struggled with all the time. And 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 I will say like what you've what you've said over over time has had a big impact in my life in terms of the mindset pieces. Like, um, I know that I recently I've been looking back at my work life balance and it sucks. And uh, like it's something that I'm I'm trying to work on myself. And and. Like I, I was talking to um, Alfred uh, Fontanez, um, and he uh, and I was kind of in awe in terms of like, uh, he's he's very successful. He does e-commerce, and he he looks at it the same way you do in terms of um, I I'm gonna take time away from business because I I'm gonna focus on my kids and and I wanna I want them to think of the good times they had when they're 30 or, or 40 or anything like that. Cause that's ultimately like, like why he's doing it. Right. Right. Um, and, and I know like, at least for me, I like, I, but I assume a lot of other, other business owners as well. You get into that kind of like hamster wheel effect where like, you're like, all right. Um, uh, Cause you're in charge of your own business, right? If you're the business owner, so uh, you can work however long you want, but you always like, all right, I've got this other thing I got to do, or I got this to do, or or Amazon screwed me again, so I got to do this, right? And and that ends up being your focus when you kind of forget why you started in the first place, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think as a business owner, you could probably fill up twenty four seven with work if you wanted to. There's always things I could be doing, you know, like from a marketing from a marketing perspective. There's always things I could. You know, okay, I'm done what I'm doing. I can go reach out to influencers. I can go, you know, do this. I can think about the next product. I can think about, you know, how how better can, you know, can I market this? Like, I think you can fill your time 24-7. You know, at the same time, I found for me, since I started doing this disconnect, this is probably now, you know, two months of disconnecting once a week for 25 hours. 
I have not found a decline in my productivity, right? Like I'm still accomplishing things. And I think it's also a matter of like you, we allow the time, we allow sort of like the things to fill up into the amount of time we give them, um, you know? And yeah, I think you want to remember like, first of all, I think you want to remember why are you even doing this business, right? Like you're doing it, you know, if you're going to spend 24 seven on it, you know, you almost like you can have a job in a sense, you know, where you work nine, five and at five o'clock, you just like shut down. And like, I mean, in some ways, you know, my wife works for a company, she's a manager at a company and she, she delivers for them. She works hard for them. She gets on her laptop at nine o'clock and she's supposed to work till five thirty. Sometimes she works till six, but like, that's it. At six o'clock, she shuts down the laptop and it's not on her mind anymore. And like, in some ways I like, envy that right because like she doesn't she doesn't get to worry you know sort of about what happens you know after six o'clock because you know it's the company she gets paid she gets a paycheck she does her job well um you know and i think that to some extent um you know there's a, there's there's a huge benefit so if you're going to allow your business to consume 24 7 and and you're not getting more out of life because of it then like you almost might as well be happier just like, you know, having a, having a, a job. You know, I think one of the beautiful things of entrepreneurship is it it's supposed to give you the freedom to, especially for those of us in e-commerce and, you know, that are not tied to an office or a physical location. I mean, we can work from anywhere. We can work whenever we want, like, but it's a double-edged sword, right? Just because you can work whenever you want doesn't mean you should be working you know, all the time, um, you know, so I think, I think, um, you know, I, I think, you know, work, you know, there's some people who say that work-life balance is, um, you know, a myth. And, and I think sometimes when you're starting a business, um, you're not going to be as balanced as you want to. And I think accepting that is okay. And then saying, Hey, I'm going to grind for, you know, for two years, for three years, I'm going to, I'm going to work more. Um, but I still think you need to take, you know, time out to you know to focus on the stuff and, and and the best the best time to really grind and and do that is like when you're young and you know you're in your 20s and you don't have those responsibilities of a family and the other stuff and in that case you should be sort of imbalanced in terms of like working really hard on your on your business and you know at a certain point you probably want to pull back somewhat yeah and, and i think some of that comes back to um like, like when I was talking earlier about the 12 week year, how they do it specifically is, and, and this was a, a reverse from how I had done it before was I always looked at, okay, here's what I want my business to be. But what they kind of say is like, well, how do you want your life to be first? Right? Like, so, so what, what, like in say 15 years, 20 years, like when you're looking back, like, how do you want your life to be? Like, what do you want your family to be like? Like, like, like your, your health, your spirituality, like all of those kinds of things. And then you work your business based off of that. I think too many people in general, when they're looking at it, they just like, I got to grind, I got to grind, I got to grind. But you, you kind of forget like the whole point, I guess. Yeah. It, it kind of goes to it. yeah and you know, I, I think in, um, it's a good point. And, and I think in, in business, like there are things like we have to do, we have emails, we have to respond, we have this, we have that, we have to, and we don't give ourselves those same kind of deadlines in our life, right? Like, you know, I have to do this in my business, so I'm not going to focus on my health or I have to do this. So I'm not going to focus on my family. But I think if you kind of make those other goals sort of just as important and put them on the calendar and schedule them in, um, that's when you kind of start to say like, okay, it is possible to focus on, you know, um, you know, on all these things. And, you know, I think everyone has their sort of balance for what's good. Like, you know, it's important to me to exercise, but I don't do it every day. I try to do, you know, three times a week. I try to exercise because, I know it makes me feel better and I know I'm at least doing it. And yeah, I'm not, let's say more, there, there are some people that I look at and I envy and like, wow, like this person exercises an hour every single day. That's pretty impressive. Um, at the same time, I think it's also important for all of us to not be in that comparison mode. You know, I think it's so easy, especially with social media and Instagram and everybody's life looks like it's perfect. Uh, and you know, it's not, you know, everyone faces challenges. Um, and we put the highlights of the best things that are happening in our life on social media. 
we're not putting the things, you know, when, when you're sitting by yourself feeling, you know, depressed or, you know, anxious or about how am I going to figure this out? How am I going to overcome this challenge? You know, how am I going to, you know, bash my head in the wall? I know, I know, you know, you messaged me last week, you were dealing with some issue with Amazon, right? Um, you're not putting that on social media and to say you, you might actually, right. But like most people, right. Want to show like I'm successful and, and whatever. They're not putting that on social media. Like I feel like shit right now. Cause I'm bashing my head in the wall with Amazon or my relationship or whatever. And you're seeing everybody's highlights. So, you know, I also try not to, you know, not to put um, an immense amount of pressure on myself to compare because I know that, you know, what you're seeing on social media is like an illusion. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of life is an illusion, you know, if you want to take it to another, another, you know, spiritual level, but, um, you know, what you're seeing is an illusion. So you need to like, just, just compare yourself to yourself. You know, if you, if your goal is to exercise three times a week, then, then make yourself proud and hit your goal. If your goal is to work on your business, you know, for the next two hours and time block and accomplish something and take action, then make yourself proud of yourself by reaching your own goals and not comparing yourself to other people. Because I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's why we see studies that social media actually makes people more depressed. And, you know, at the same time, I think these are amazing technologies and they provide amazing opportunity. And, you know, I have family overseas that gets to see pictures of my daughter because of Facebook. Uh, I really appreciate that. I think I think there's a lot of good in these, you know, in, you know, sort of the big four, obviously Amazon, right? I make my living off, off Amazon, you know, um, you know, uh, Google and, you know, I, I have my email there and like Facebook and social media, that's where I have an audience and I connect with people. And like, I think there's a lot of good there, but I think it's also um, sort of protecting yourself from the downside, all the negatives. Like I try to, being groups of people that are positive there's so many i try to i now sort of i used to get into arguments with people on social media you know like i'm like i'm done with that you know like it's the waste of my energy i'm not going to convince anybody else it's only making your ego feel better when you're kind of trying to be right and trying to get your point across um you know so i've i'm trying to learn how to pull out of the negative aspects and like keep keep the good benefits out of it connecting with people um, you know, that I want to be around. I think the people you surround yourself with is really important. So, um, you know, these are kind of like just how I try to leverage the good things that are out there. And I try to, you know, not participate in all the negativity, negativity. I think there's, there's more negativity, you know, now than ever with just like, you know, the political climate and COVID and people arguing about masks and like such nonsense, like, you know, I don't want to be arguing with somebody about wearing, wearing a, you know, if, they, if you should wear a mask or not, like, I'm not going to convince you. And, um, and even following the news, you know, like, I don't really follow the news very much. I feel like um, I take this concept that I heard, like, if something really important happens, it'll trickle down to me and I'll find out. Somebody will post on social media, I'll hear about it. Um, and like, I just try not to pay attention to it. I, I don't think, I think, um, you know, entrepreneurs, and you know if you're in business you have a lot more control by focusing on your business focusing on your customer um than by focusing on like what the government is doing for you yeah yeah and and, and what you were saying in terms of like the whole positive versus negative mindset i mean that's i i, I think a lot of times that's the name of the game in terms of like moving your your business forward and and in general your life right i mean like i look back at some some family some people i know in the past when they've had that kind of like negative mindset of the why me, um, uh, it's, it's everybody else's fault but mine, like those kinds of a thing, like that definitely, dra- I know it would drag me down all the time, right? Like, and, and that gets back to the idea you were saying, like you, if you can, I, I know you said it too, like you, you are the five people that you're surrounded by. It's like the same, same idea, right? You want to yeah. surround yourself with positive people. Like if you look at the, like the successful people, the people that are happier in life in general, I mean, they're looking at things and and what can I do in a positive mindset versus oh this terrible thing happened to me, right? And and it's gonna yeah. be down for right for years or anything like that. Yeah, um, I'm actually wearing um, a shirt um, that I got from um, a book signing from Marie uh, Forleo, 
Um, this book is called Everything is Figure Outable. Um, and again, this is, um, this is sort of a concept I picked up from this book. And, I, and I, I, again, I think it's these little concepts that it, once you pick them up and like, you just realize that every problem, every challenge is figure outable, you know, and like, yeah, putting yourself in sort of the victim mentality um, is not going to, it's not going to, it's not going to solve the issue for you. Um, you know, I will say that, you know, I do sort of empathize with, there are people that are in terrible situations that are truly victims, you know, that think, uh, you know, I can thank God I've never, you know, had to experience being abused or, you know, just, um, you know, some of the things that you really are a victim, especially kids or, you know, even, even adults, right. That are subject to certain things. So, um, you know, I don't want to say like, Hey, you should have no excuses, but, um, you know, I will say that staying in that victim mentality and not trying to take any action around it, um, if you can, uh, is it, not going to get you, you know, further, further ahead. Um, and that, you know, ultimately, you know, I just think this, this concept of everything is figure outable can really help you when you have a challenge and you don't see a way beyond the challenge. You don't see, you know, how do I get, how do I overcome this? How do I, um, how do I get through this? And, um, you know, some, some concepts like, you know, this too shall pass and even, you know, sort of every success is temporary. Every failure is temporary. You know, um, you know, even some of the biggest businesses that were on the Dow 30, you know, over the last hundred years, a lot of them are gone. Technology has, you know, replaced them, right? Like all that success was also temporary. Um, you know, you look at all the brick and mortar stores, you know, that are now going under, right? Because of like the changing world, you look at, you know, New York City taxi cabs that, you know, uh, I remember um, years back, like in the 90s, they would auction these medallions, taxi medallions, and they would go for over a million dollars. And now they're, you know, maybe worth 100,000 or something, or, you know, a lot less because of Uber, like every success, every, um, you know, everything is temporary. Um, and so, you know, I think it's, these, these are like the little concepts that, you know, I've picked up in my journey and my personal struggles, failures, successes, um, that, you know, help me sort of push through and realize like there's, there is a solution and asking good questions, I think is a good way to come up, you know, with, with, uh, with solutions, um, with, with good answers. Yeah. And, and this kind of gets back to another question I've, I've got you too, in terms of like, I would say, um, everyone's always going to have troubles that they're going through in terms of like, all right, I can't get past this, this point or whatever it is. Um, or, or sometimes you're just like, you're not as productive as you like to be for whatever reason. Right. So like, what have you done in, in the past? Like either when you're in a funk for whatever reason, or you've got like, you've got some kind of bottleneck, some kind of stumbling block where you're like, I, I, it's just not quite working for me. Like what have you tried and what's been successful for you to kind of get over those? Yeah. Um, first of all, I think, I think, um, the concept of writing things down, um, of what you want to happen in a situation where you have a stumbling block. I had this, this year in a, in a situation, in a partnership, um, something I needed to get out of unwind and saw no way out of. Um, and, um, I had a coach actually to help me, um, during that time. Um, and the thing he told me is like, he's like, Liron, you got to get everything out of your head. You got to get everything out of your head. You can't let this bottle up in your head. You got to write down number one, everything that happened. And then, you know, what's your ideal scenario of what you want to happen. Um, and you got to write that down. And that was like the beginning of, um, of figuring out and, and actually things worked out better than I thought they would. Um, in, in that case, um, you know, I was able to push through. I got some good advice from, from a few different people. I got advice from an attorney that I know that was really helpful to me. I got advice from a coach and, um, but, but I think writing, writing everything down and getting out of my head of sort of like everything helped, um, you know, help sort of like, uh, alleviate that. Um, I think in other aspects, um, 
Derek Sivers is another guy like that I that I follow. Um, and I've listened, if you haven't listened to his podcast, he's got, he's been on a lot of other people's podcasts recently and he puts it on his own. So you, you should look him up, Derek Sivers, um, and listen to his podcast. And one of the things that he says is, you know, if you, if you say you value something, but you don't do it, then you don't really value it. You want to say you value it. You want to think you value it, but you don't like, um, I like to say that I'm a meditator. I practice transcendental meditation. But if I go two, three days in a row and I haven't meditated, you know, I'll think you're not really meditating. Like you say, you like to, you like to say, it makes you feel good to say that you meditate. But if you don't really do it, you don't really value it. You like to say that you read. You like to say that you want to exercise. You like to say that you want to work on your business. But if you're just saying this stuff, um, you know, I, I think some of the stumbling blocks um, you know, there are people who want to write a book, but they never take the time to sit down and do it. And I think it's asking yourself, do I really want to write this book? Or what am I afraid of in writing this book? Am I afraid of nobody will read it? Am I afraid it's going to suck? Am I afraid I'm not gonna be able to do it? Do I really want, you know, am I really a reader? If I am, then I should be reading every week, at least. If not every day, I should be reading every week. So I think it's thinking about what are the things that you say you value and then do you actually value them by looking? And I think that also helps you, you know, overcome those things that, you know, you, you know, you should be doing. I think so many of us know, uh, you know, like if you look at, if you look at, you know, we, I think it's not a secret as to what it takes to, um, let's say lose weight. Right. But it's a major major struggle for a lot of people and we know like if you you know eat some meals you replace with salad and you know some meals you you stop drinking soda you drink water instead you cut out you know junk junk food like some simple things right forget about like going hardcore into some some diet just like some simple things you could implement in your life and not eating, not going to the fridge at midnight, you know, like certain, certain things, right. That will help you lose weight. And then, you know, incorporating a couple of times a week, some exercise, some walks, some, some things like that. Right. We all know what it takes, but it's a struggle for a lot of people because they say they value, you know, their health or they say they value losing weight, but you know, they, they may not actually, you know, value it. Um, you know, I think it's also, you know, as I, as I talk and say this, I think it's also understanding what your value is. Why, why are you doing the things you want to do? Like, do I want to lose weight so that, you know, I look good and I look a certain way, which I think is okay. It's fine. Like to feel good about yourself. But I also think it's like, do I want to lose weight so I can be healthy and be there for my kids, you know, for the next you know, 50 years, 60 years, like, I think that's a lot more powerful um, as like, as to some of the reasons why you want, why you want to be healthy um, and exercise. And um, so, so I think like, as far as like these stumbling blocks, I think it's writing things down, journaling, getting out of your head. Um, and then also like asking good questions on, you know, what do I really value? What do I really want? Um, and then doing the things, doing the things that, that you want. My, my wife said to me, uh, a couple, she said to me a couple of days ago, uh, I haven't been consistent with my supplements this week. You know, like, then you don't really value taking supplements, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, it's a, it's kind of an annoying answer to give someone, but you know, like, uh, but if you think about it that way, then you're like, wait a second, but I do value it. So I'm going to go take it. Right. Yeah. And, and, and really that, that goes back to the idea of when you're, whenever you're trying to look at like, what is it that you really value? Like your you're at the end of the day, you're alone with yourself, like in your head. So you have to be honest with yourself, right? It's like, okay, I'm saying I want this, but my actions are saying I don't. So do I really, or, or, or can I be straight with myself here? Because like, okay, if I don't want it, then, then I'm, I'm kidding myself and let me find out what really does matter to me and that I can focus on. Right. Um, that's ultimately what I think it like to really level up, like be honest with yourself more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which, you know, I think if you take that and say what I really want and try to get, you know, I think a lot of us don't know what we really want, you know, it's kind of like, 
you know, we don't know, like, you know, even as, as I think about it, like what I really want, like in getting crystal clear about what you want, I think is really, really important. And and then taking the next step and writing down what you, what you really want, I think just makes it, I think it becomes more powerful because you are taking something that's sort of abstract and putting it into the, in a physical sort of realm by writing it down. Um, and I think, you know, people talk about like the law of attraction and sort of manifesting. And I don't, I don't necessarily believe that just because I sit in a room and say, you know, I want a million dollars means that I'm going to get a million dollars. But I, but I do think that if I start writing down what I want and I'm very specific about it, that subconsciously my, I'm telling my brain to go focus and take action around those things that will get me there. And I think that's part of the process of, you know, the reason why this program, you know, the big, the big ass calendar club was developed was just that, right. It's putting down the things that you want to do and and in writing and on a calendar. Um, And I think that's sort of the beginning of like attracting the things you want in your life, you know, by, by writing down and then taking action around them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, I, I, I know that uh, we're kind of getting to the end here, but I know obviously I've had you on here and, and it's great talking about mindset and I love talking about it, but obviously you're also an Amazon expert. So I wanted to at least get into a little bit of that before I, I, yeah. I, I was here. So obviously like uh, we were just talking about like there's, there's a big change now with the, with the negative ASINs, right? So uh, uh, how do you think that's going to affect things moving forward? Um, and, and, and what do you think specifically people should watch out for? in terms of like, so that they can get the best out of Q4 as it comes up. Yeah. So let's, let's just say the Q4. Um, I think, I think this will be an amazing Q4 um, for e-commerce in in general um, because, you know, people are, you're not going to see what you typically see, which is, you know, December malls are filled with, you know, thousands of people and it's crammed and there's lines and, uh, you know, uh, Walmart just announced that they're going to close on uh, Thanksgiving this year for like the first time in a few years since they started opening up on Thanksgiving. Um, I don't imagine you're going to see the the lines for Black Friday at, at stores, right? Like with people rushing in like crazy, right? Just because of the social distancing aspects and, and all that which means that business has to go somewhere. People, you know, I think despite sort of like a, an economy that's been affected by, by COVID, I think people are still going to be buying gifts and still going to be buying toys and there's still Christmas and there's still holiday season and people are still going to spend and they're going to do that more so this year than ever online. Um, and I think the majority of that business or half of that business online is going to start on Amazon. And so um, that presents uh, a great opportunity for just more more demand on Amazon for for products. Um, that being the case, um, so so I think it's a great opportunity. I think some of the things to watch out for are going to be Amazon's capability to handle all that business and volume. Um, we saw you know earlier this year when they sort of prioritized essential items that other products were not being shipped at for a month. Um, and you know, if you were able to do like merchant fulfilled either, you know, from your own location or through a third party, you know, logistics warehouse, um, you know, I think that was an advantage. And I think if that sort of time taught you a lesson and you didn't have a three PL set up, you shipped all your products into Amazon FBA, then, you know, you sort of cannot rely solely on FBA and you need to have a plan for how you're going to fulfill your product. Should you not be able, should you be limited on the amount of units you can send into the warehouse because they're putting more restrictions on that, especially on new products. There's like a 200 unit, you know, um, limit on new products. Um, And that doesn't get restricted, I think, for like at least four weeks until after, um, you know, you sent in the product. Um, It gets sort of reset as to how many units you can send in. So uh, I think the ability to do um, merchant fulfilled is going to be really, really important. And having a third party warehouse that can also replenish for you into Amazon, um, is going to be, is going to be really important. So that's sort of like something you should be prepared for. Um, on the Amazon ad side, there's been a lot of, um, a lot of new ad types that have rolled out in the last year. And I think being on top of that and taking advantage of those ad types, um, is an advantage in your business because when other people are not taking advantage of a particular inventory of ads, the cost per click, the bidding, 
uh, is less competitive. Um, you know, I saw, I'm seeing bids from two to 10 cents on sponsored display product targeting. Um, doesn't drive as much traffic as I would want, but um, it's generating uh, sales. Uh, video ads, sponsor brand video ads have been really effective. Um, uh, Click-through rate, conversion rates are generally better on the, on the video ads than on um, sponsored product ads or sponsored other sponsored brand ads. So I think taking advantage of that is really powerful. You don't need fancy videos. We're creating you know, slideshow videos. Uh, for our clients um, using biteable.com, like a $100 a month or so software tool where we can create unlimited like slideshow and text videos. So um, there's sort of no excuse not to be able, you know, if you have brand registry to run that. Um, and the negative ASIN targeting is something that's just roll, rolling out now. So you might not have that in your account yet. Um, but negative ASIN targeting is basically in auto campaigns, Amazon, part of the auto targeting is Amazon putting your um, your product on other people's pages under sponsor products related to this item? And um, up until now, you if there were certain ASINs they were targeting for you in that auto campaign that were not effective, you could not tell the Amazon algorithm to eliminate them, to not continue to target those ASINs. And now they're rolling out ASIN product targeting. So I think that'll be you know even more useful to cut wasted ad spend. Um, so there's a lot of exciting things happening with uh, with Amazon advertising, including I'm seeing it be very powerful for new products to rank organically and you know launch using an aggressive advertising approach. Um, you know, being able to to get ranked for very competitive keywords um, by generating a lot of sales through those keywords with ads. Um, so a lot of you know exciting things. I think by you know having a good understanding of it and taking advantage of it and then being able to implement all the ad types brand registry is kind of like a key component to a lot of it because it gives you those new ad type options um you know it kind of puts you in a good position to be able to drive uh you know traffic and then obviously the other part of the equation is conversions you know which is you know you need to have a um you need to have an offer and put your offer out in a way that becomes compelling to, to people um, as not just on its own, but also as it compares to the competition. Um, so obviously a good listing, good copy, great images, a plus content, all those things are helpful. Video, all those things are helpful. Um, your price reviews, you know, all that's going to impact how well any of the traffic you send paid or organic is going to perform. So, you know, you, you want to sort of focus on the two sides of the, you know, equation in terms of getting sales, which is, you know, traffic and, and conversion. Yes. Nice. And, and I, would, I would say for everyone, listen to what he just said, because uh, uh, he's who I pay attention to. And he's, uh, Liron's the one who handles my ads. Like, I trust him with, with, the, with everything on that side. Uh, and there's no reason not to have brand registry at this point. If you've got a, if you've got a product, there's IP accelerator out there at this point, which can get you brand registry in like two, what, two weeks now. Right. Um, so, yeah. so definitely. Yeah. Do that. And there's also a program that's like, um, a trademark wait list where if you already have a trademark that you applied for, you didn't go through the IP accelerator. And typically it's like seven to nine months to get approved for a trademark or, uh, or for it to go live. And only then you can apply for brand registry. Um, if you didn't go through IP accelerator, now there's like a wait list. Um, there's like a, a link. Um, that allows you to put in the fact that you have a trademark application pending. Um, and um, I've seen some posts on social media where people are submitting that and within a week also getting um, brand registry. So Amazon is, I think, rightly so and smartly trying to get people more brand, you know, brand registry faster um, because, um, you know, it means you can, it means you can, um, utilize more of the advertising, uh, spend more money on ads with Amazon and helps Amazon sort of grow their business, helps you sell more also. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I agree that getting, um, getting brand registry now is a very sort of low barrier to entry because, um, as long as you're, you know, know how to go about IP accelerated program or that trademark waitlist program, um, you can, you can get it. Awesome. So, so uh, uh, thank you so much for, for being on. I, uh, I also wanted to ask as, as we kind of end here. Um, so how can people uh, that want to learn more about you uh, uh, learn more about you? <laughs> so. Sure. Um, so the Amazon uh, advertising agency website is incrementumdigital.com. 
Um, you can also reach out to me directly. It's uh, liran at incrementumdigital.com. Um, but I also have um, a podcast and a Facebook group uh, called e-commerce mindset. Um, so there's an e-commerce mindset, Facebook group, e-commerce mindset podcast. Uh, and you can also just send me a friend request. I'm, I'm mostly active on, um, on Facebook. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn and, and Instagram too, but, um, I'm mostly active as far as like posting content, um, on Facebook. Um, so yeah, I would love to, love to, um, you know, connect with, uh, you know, I think anybody that's following you and in, in your show and is listening to, you know, if you've gotten to this point, you know, an hour about mindset, then, um, you know, probably a great person to, uh, to connect with. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so thank you again, Liron. And, uh, yeah, uh, I, I know I'm a part of, of Liron's Facebook group and I've been on his podcast. He's an amazing wealth of information. Um, there, he's one of the really genuine uh, great guys uh in the amazon space so so i'll, I'll say like um check him out check out everything he has to do he's great with what he does so um i will talk to everyone next time and thank you again Leron, for being on and i'll talk to you guys all right all right see thank you, you.